bum, 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 bum. Welcome back to Random Badassery. This is our inspiration episode, and if you didn't tune in last time, then you have no idea why we're here. My name is Chad Hall, and with me, as always, is Lam Wen. Hello. <laughs> little delay there. Lamb's a little sleepy, and so am I. So deal, guys. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I was I was pulling up the uh, the subject matter for this episode because this one is going to be one that we've never ever attempted before. So it'll be interesting. It's just to break it down again, if you're here for the first time, we start our first episode. Technically, I guess of every month is on a specific artist that we break down their creativity. We talk about um, what we can find through interviews with them on how they think about creativity, what we can learn from them just by observing their life and their art. Um, the second episode is kind of the tips, tools, and techniques thing, where we take some of the lessons that we learned from the first episode, how we're applying them to our lives, um, any tools that we've found that are being, use are being useful for us, that are useful to us at the time. Um, and now this one, which is inspiration, we're bringing in what's inspiring us. So uh, Lamb and I both have found a quote or um, a piece of writing that is inspiring us or has inspired us in the past. We're going to present it to each other, going to talk about what that means. And then uh, after that, we're going to go into some odds and sorts of other forms of inspiration, maybe a movie that we've just seen that we can't get out of our head, things like that. Um, hope that makes everything clear. Lamb, is there anything you want to say about that? Uh, no, that's uh, I, I'm ready to dive. Let's do this. All right. So I have a bird outside my window that's very vocal. That, and I swear, right before we started recording, it sang the beginning of Beethoven's Fifth. No oh, way. Really? <laughs> bird version of bum 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 bum. I mean, note for note. <laughs> oh, that's that's very strange. Yeah, I think I think Beethoven's been reincarnated as a bird. And he's in my tree. So anybody that wants to bring a piano over, he's ready to play. Can you imagine how pissed Beethoven would be if he were reincarnated as a bird? I think he'd be happy. Think so? Huh. Didn't he die deaf? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. That's true. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody coming back at a, as a bird and being pissed. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what's one of the uh, things that every human in the world wants to do, right, is uh, to be able to fly. Right. The only thing that tops it is to be able to fly invisible. Wow. Huh. <laughs> okay. So before we get into our quotes, um, I've been thinking about this uh, word inspiration, Lamb, and it's kind of, it's been like a little bit of, you know, like something stuck in my teeth. I can't really, um, I think that there's a lot of people out there that they think about inspiration as I need some inspiration so that I can, I can make this thing. I can do this thing. And that really, it's, it bothers me, this idea of something making you do something. Uh, this I, like That's not inspiration. That's motivation. That's completely yeah. different. Um, so I had to look up inspiration because I always had this, um, I always assumed that inspiration came from um, espiritu, you know, in espiritu, in spirit. Yeah. Th that's not actually true. It comes from in spirare breathe inspiration means to breathe in so i haven't really been able to figure out how that all comes together do you have any thoughts on that um i i imagine it probably comes from 
um, a time in which um, inspiration wasn't necessarily about artistic endeavors. Um, and I think that that, that, you know, most of our definitions uh, for some of these words, like I was talking to, to Crystal the other night about the word energy and what the word energy means. Um, and I think that we've adapted the word, these words to, to mean what we want them to mean in our, our particular, um, you know, in our particular, our, our particular daily use of them. And I think inspiration is a, 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 a or the word inspire itself is a, a, a good example of that. Um, I think the original meaning wasn't necessarily to, 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 to denote some kind of artistic forward movement. It was more a uplifting or a, a, a freeing. Um, and I think that that's, that's where, you know, our colloquialisms and, and our, our definitions over time get modified because we need to use these words in a way that makes sense to us. But I don't necessarily think that they're, most of the time, I don't necessarily think that they're, they're what the intention was. Yeah, I like that thought of words moving past their initial definition. Because, I, I mean, I know that definitely happens all the time. I mean, to me, like, motivation or just drive and grit, those are all kind of the same thing, right? Nobody can give you those things. Sure. Either you develop them or you don't. Nobody's going to motivate you. They're going to give you motivational speeches. They're going to use that word. But all they're doing is trying to inspire you. Sure. Um, uh, to me, the work of art, the work of creativity, the work of creation, wh whatever form it is in, whether it's a business or art, artistic field, is like driving a car, right? You still got to drive. You still got to put the foot to the pedal. You still have to steer. You still have to have gas. There still has to be a road. But inspiration is like having a song on the radio. Mm -hmm. It just makes the driving better. I think I think for me inspiration is is because I don't think about inspiration much past the point in which it it is catalytic in my life. Um, for me, inspiration is more about the door opening. Uh, once the door opens, then what you do with with that door being open or whatever path that leads you down is is everything else that you're talking about. You know, the passion, the motivation, the the the, the drive, the path, everything else. Um, all of those things to me are post inspiration and. It's tough to really define inspiration as a continuous thing because I don't really think that it is. At least not for me, it isn't. Um, so for for me, inspiration. Don't get me wrong; like it, it can reinvigorate something. Like with you and Charlie, for example, there are moments where um, you hit you hit um, slower spots, and something you find a particular phrase or a particular um, a, a particular uh, a set of words that that makes it move forward for you. And I think for me, it's kind of the same too as well. So I think inspiration is not continuous. It's, it's, it's momentary and it's catalytic. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not continuous ever. Um, and just to clarify for those who don't know us well, Charlie is the name of the character in the novel that I'm working on. And it's kind of our code name for the novel. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, for me, like, I think... The problem I have with the way that inspiration is used so often is that people sit around waiting for it. Sure. I think that's one of I don't I don't like to see it as a start for something because I feel like uh then it gives people the excuse to, well, I don't feel inspired. Guess what? Most people don't. Um people don't make things when they're inspired. They might start something when they're inspired like you said. Uh, but how many times have you 
like I'm sure this has happened to you many times in my life. I've been inspired by some idea of a story and those little inspirations that I wrote down, there's a lot of them, most of them that became nothing. So the, the inspiration is worthless without the work and the effort and the motivation and all of those things. So those are things I always focus on, but I feel like, um, what I want these inspiration episodes to be, which I think is why I wanted to talk about what it means. Uh, I want these to be something that you guys are already, I hope, working to do the things that you want to do in life, that you, you're motivated already. Um, I'm not trying to get you to be motivated. Uh, I want these to just be something that makes you feel good about what you're already doing. I will add this, though, um, and I think this is a very important distinction for both you and I as well, is, um, you know, in in thinking about this episode, because, you know, obviously, given that it's a brand new format and that we've never done anything quite like this before, at least, you know, I think we do this to each other all the time. You know, you'll you'll send me at least a couple of messages a week about what you're reading or what you're watching or what you're listening to. And I kind of do the same. Um, But I think that the, the key thing for me when thinking about this episode is you're never inspired if you don't do anything. (laughs) I think inspiration is found in the process of doing things that you don't necessarily think will inspire you. Um, For example, when we were talking about doing our individual podcasts, um, we would have never discovered that if we weren't doing these, these other podcasts and we weren't adding episodes. It's the, the addition of activity. It's the continuation of activity that, that forces inspiration. And I think that that can't be something that's underplayed, you know, something that's very important for, for anybody who's who's creative or anyone who's who's working in the business world, if you want inspiration, you got to just do stuff. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think that more than anything, that's that's the best way to word it and to say it. Okay, so let's let's get into um, our quotes here. Um, this is I'm not sure how this is going to go. It's an idea, um, so this might change over time, guys. Who knows? We'll see what happens here. Um, Lamb, do you want to kick it off? Oh, um, yeah, I guess uh, the, the, the quote for me uh, comes from what I consider to be the first serious author I read. Um, and I didn't even realize uh, back then, for example, that books were not tra- were translated from their original languages. I think it was 12 uh, when I originally read Crime and Punishment. Um, so that's Fyodor Dostoevsky is the source of my quote. And I remember one of the first ever lines that became memorable to me. Um, so much so, in fact, that I had it tattooed on my chest, quite literally. Um, the quote was from Crime and Punishment, and it goes, to go wrong in one's own way is better than to go right in someone else's. And um, the, the power of that quote has always, that the power of that line has always stuck with me pretty much throughout the last 30 years of my life. What's it mean to you? It means that it doesn't matter what what path people tell you you should live. Um, like, for example, you know, if you follow the path that, 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 that I was originally set down, I should have gotten a job in the Silicon Valley. I should have been an engineer. Um, I, should have, I should have married and settled down and had two kids and a dog by the time I was 30 or 35 or whatever. Um, I should have watched them grow up, retire, um, you know, have my friends that I play golf on the golf course with when I'm 55 and then die what most people would consider a full life. Um, and at some point in my life, I just realized that none of those things were me. Uh, that wasn't the path that I was, I was most comfortable with or the one that felt most natural to me. And I feel like 
the quote um, that I often remind myself of um, as often as possible. Um, it reminds me that I have to do what feels right to me, regardless of whether that's right to anyone else. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong, like uh, throughout the course of my life, I've strayed from it. And every, every time I've strayed from it, ironically, I feel like I become a worse version of myself or an unnatural version of myself. Um, and I become insincere. Um, and in a lot of ways, um, that, that isn't really obvious to other people, but it's very, very obvious to me. It's, it's very much like the Robert Frost, um, the road not taken. Yeah. It's a, the two roads diverged in, in a wood and I took yeah. the one less traveled by and it's made yeah. all the difference. And, uh, I think ironically, I, I shouldn't say ironically, just non-surprisingly actually our two quotes in some way are related to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, guys, we didn't tell each other what we were presenting today. I, I still have no idea how we do that. I guess it's from doing podcasts for a year and a half together that we've somehow managed to have this weird brain synergy. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not, obviously it's never going to be exactly the same, but I think that, uh, I'll, I'll share mine and then we'll talk about the interplay between the two of them. Mine is from a book called As a Man Thinketh by a man called James Allen. It's honestly, I would say it's a book uh, of inspiration. Uh, I didn't really pick it on purpose. I was just kind of like looking through uh, my embarrassingly extensive quote collection <laughs> and it stuck out to me. And then now I realize I'm like, what a perfect place to start you start with the author who most inspired you uh, or first inspired you and i pull a book that is basically a whole short book of inspirations um here's the quote man is buffeted by circumstances so long as he believes himself to be the creature of outside conditions but when he realizes that he is a creative power and that he may command the hidden soil and the seeds of his being out of which circumstance grows, he then becomes the rightful master of himself. Huh. And to me, that's, that's the idea of exactly what we were talking about with, uh, with inspiration and also plays into this idea of what you were saying is live out the path for yourself, not the path that's laid out, supposedly laid out for us. And, to understand that you are beyond the circumstances which you see about you, that you have the power to create more than just to create, but to create your own life. And that's the ultimate creative power that we have is the person that we choose to create ourselves to be the path that we choose. Choosing a path is actually a creation. We are creating the path. We are creating the vision of what we are going to do. And more than anything, that's a realization that's come to me very recently. And uh, it's played a very, very strong role in my life. Um, it's one of the many ideas that I've come across that has got me out of the anxiety pit that I was living in. The realization that I can choose whether to be in that pit or not. Yeah, that's interesting because I think... Part of the reason why we fall into the traps that we do, especially emotionally, is because it's hard to accept responsibility for those things because they seem so they seem so so massive. Um, 
you know, especially for, for guys like you and I, I mean, you know, I, I know I've suffered with anxiety for, for many years and I, I, I still do today, but I realize regardless of how, how much I realize there's, there's a sense of personal responsibility that, that comes from that. Um, I, I still fall in the, the trap of, of, of thinking that it's the outside world or my external tormentors that are leading me to that anxiety. Yeah. I think there's a, um, a willful choice in what we focus on always. Right. So, sure. um, when we, y- you can actually observe this in yourself. Um, so you don't, you guys don't have to take my word for this when you're angry or when you are sad, think about, think about what you're feeling. What are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? You're focusing on the thing that's pissing you off. You're thinking you're f- focusing on the thing that's making you sad. Um, in a way we're choosing to wallow. We're choosing to stay in that emotion. So you think about when you're angry and somebody makes a joke that makes you more angry, right? Because you don't, how dare you knock me out of this mood that I'm trying to stay in. And when you start realizing that you do those things, you start realizing, whoa, all of this stuff, all of these choices that I'm making that I think all this life, all this stuff that I think is happening to me, this is all a choice. I've, I've chosen to see the things this way. I've chosen to believe this way and I've chosen to act and feel this way. And that's a powerful realization. Yeah. And it, it's, it's also one that, that, is oddly depressing in a way. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not a guy who likes to live in regret. Um, but there, there are moments where you realize how much time you waste wallowing in those emotions. And I think that's, that's, that's a trap you can't really follow into either. Um, as I know people who, who have this realization at some point in their lives, I remember, um, you know, my cousin going through this and at one point she realized how much of her own anxiety she was creating. Um, and she fell into kind of a pit of despair, um, as to, to, you know, how much time she felt like she wasted not getting to know her mother, um, hanging out with her brother a little bit more. I mean, there, there are things that you can definitely fall into on the other side of that, that as well, that, that realization. So it's important to realize that it's there, but it's also important not to, to fall into, um, fall into regret concerning it too, as well. Well, the danger of, of what you're talking about is that you've come to a realization, but you haven't stepped out of the mindset. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because you're taking the exact mindset that is the problem and applying it to the problem. Yeah. So by by wallowing in regret, you're doing exactly what we're talking about, focusing on the thing the the bad mood, focusing on the bad feeling. You're you're taking so you haven't actually stepped outside of it. And that's that's an important thing that as a human being that we need to realize is realizations don't mean anything until they're applied. Sure. And and that goes exactly with what we're talking about with inspiration, right? Inspiration doesn't mean anything until it's applied. Uh, sure. You can have this thought. You can have this, oh, wow, that's true. But what does truth mean if you're not applying the truth to your life? You have to learn to break yourself out of cycles. And, like, for example, you know, like, I'm right now I'm very focused on what I'm doing right here. But I could easily be thinking about something else while I'm doing this. I could easily be thinking about my finances. I could easily be thinking about the fact that at the end of every month, I have about $40 to myself after I spend bills or spend on bills. I could think about that. And that could be in the back of my mind and that could taint this conversation. Um, and that could be my mood, but 
what I'm thinking about now, what I'm trying to focus on now is I love podcasting. I love having these conversations with you. I love digging into this kind of stuff and sharing it with people. And that's my mood. That's the mood I choose. And that's a, that's a creative choice. I've created that. And that that's no different than when we write fiction. Uh, the best stories and the best novels are written by people who are able to step inside of those worlds that they create. They are able to feel what those characters that they create feel. They're able to feel what the, what the other characters would feel in response to that character. And those, that control, that's everything. That, that's the difference between getting up at 5 when you have to be at work at 7 just so that you can write for a half hour and not doing it. Sure. That's, I mean, the, to me, that going back to your quote, that's, that's choosing the path. You're choosing your path. You're not. It's, it, it's so difficult though. Cause I mean, especially for guys like you and I, I mean, I think about this as I, I watch, you know, Crystal struggle with her business too, as well, because she's doing something very unconventional. Having an unconventional path is, is a very isolating and lonely path. Um, and at some point in your, in your growth as a human being, you, if you choose a path that looks like that, you have to, you have to make some decisions about who you are as a person. You have to, you have to decide that it's okay, um, to not have, a, a, a guiding light to not have people who can show you the way, um, you know, and, and you have to be okay with taking responsibility for, the things that you need to do in order to create the path. Because that's the thing, right? Like when we're talking about, you know, whether it's your quote or my quote, the, 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 the through line is that you have, it's your responsibility. You know, it's your responsibility to find the route that you're going to take, to find the tools that you're going to need. And I mean, even when we're talking about doing these podcasts, for example, um, you know, just the sheer number of, of, of different things that we've tried in order to, to produce this podcast in such a way um, that we could get our, our, our message across while still sounding pretty good. Um, you know, even my own journey with trying to get, um, the, the equipment that I've got to, to produce my own personal podcast has been difficult. And I know you've gone through a lot of the same as well. Oh, any, anywhere along any of those paths, uh, or any of those, those particular bumps in the road, um, along the paths that we've chosen, we could have chosen to stop. We could have chosen to give up. Um, and I think that that's the one thing that, that I think that, that, that is very different from what we're talking about when it comes to inspiration um, is that this is where the work comes in. You know, this is where the determination and, and, and the drive to, to complete something or to push through and, and, and create something, especially in your and my case, for example, cr to create something that is useful to other people. Um, that's where you have to keep the goal in mind and you have to keep pushing forward. Yeah. I think that one thing to me that always brings that together for me is, it isn't easy because it's not supposed to be easy. Uh, that's why it's the road less traveled. Uh, sure. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Everybody would be doing it. So you imagine, really think about that. Millions, billions of people all able to do exactly what you do. That's truth. Anybody can do what anybody else can do for the most part. Unless you're Stephen Hawking, uh, you know, some, some people have certain gifts that other people just don't have access to certain kinds of brains. But for the most part, uh, when you take it to the idea of he's doing what he wants with his life, everybody has the power to do that. 
But if everybody was doing exactly what you're doing, taking the exact same path as you, then it wouldn't be the path for you. That would just be the path, right? Sure. Every path has to be individual. Every path has to be difficult because it it's a choice we have to make. We are either willing to forge into the woods or some people, and this is not a bad thing. This is not a denigration of these people at all, but some people are happy to walk the path that other people have walked. Some people feel um, safety in putting their feet into other people's footsteps and following tradition and doing things as is expected. And those people are important too. We, we all need that, but there's for creative people, the path is difficult because the path has to be difficult because sure. the, the, the process of creating requires that mindset. And not only does it require the mindset, it requires the effort. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing that I always think about when it comes to artistic creation, you know, in our last episode, for example, with the, uh, artist profile, just thinking about Frida Kahlo, um, and how, how hard that path was um, and how, you know, it, it, it ties in very well to what you say, because for most of her, her life, she did walk the path that um, everyone wanted her to walk. It, well, not even that everyone wanted her to walk, but just the path that, 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 that was the, the, the expected traditional path. And she was very happy to do that. You know, she was going to go to medical school. She was going to be a doctor and she was going to help people. But when life threw her a curveball, and when she was nearly killed in a horrific accident, she had to make some some very difficult choices about how her path was going to change. And the moment she chose that path, she she went down it unrelentingly. Um, you know, despite her her physical disabilities and her immense pain, she still pushed through it. And that's that's a good example of what we're talking about. Um, you know how once once you get to a certain part, a part of the path, um, especially as an artist, you have to make a choice um, because every step that you go, um, every 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 step that you take beyond a certain point becomes progressively more difficult. And the artists that are most successful are the ones that are willing to push through those difficult moments. You know, like I think about what we've done with the podcast and we've had plenty of moments where it's been, you know, either technically impossible or whether or not we felt like we were reaching enough of an audience um, or whether, um, you know, or not we were, we were hampered too much by our logistical requirements in our lives, but we've pushed through every single one of those. And I think that, we take it for granted, both you and I take it for granted, like how difficult this has actually been. <laughs> That's true. And, and, you know, like, I mean, we, we, we have our full lives. You know, I've got a full-time job with a nasty commute on either side. And you have a million different things that you're doing pretty much on a daily basis, including trying to write a novel. Um, and, you know, while we were at, in the thick of this podcast at the very beginning, you were producing a daily vlog that consumed four to six hours of your life every single day. But we still managed to pull this off. And we pulled this off not just having you know, these other things in our lives, but having difficulty with the thing itself, like podcasting is not easy. And for anyone who, who wants to take on the endeavor, I mean, please listen to our previous episode because heck we've, we've gone through so many different versions of, of how this podcast is both created as well as shared, um, that we would love for you guys to listen to that just so you avoid a lot of the mistakes that we made. Um, and a lot of the trial and error that we went through in order to find, um, the right solution for, for producing what we consider to be at least, you know, for me, I'm very proud of this podcast. And for me, I'm very happy with the things that we share. Um, but, you know, it, rarely do I take a moment to, to sit back and look at how difficult it's actually been. And it, it's not ending. We had, uh, what, 20 minutes of setup for today's episode. 
Uh, I have <laughs> that's just and that's just twenty twenty minutes this morning. Uh, we've also been messing with it for a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a new microphone. Lamb has a new microphone coming in the next day or two. Um, weird technical issues where I can't hear myself. You guys heard if you listened last week. I was having echoes in my headphones. It continues. Um, but what brings us back? What is our what is our inspiration? Is I love doing this. And you, like you said, you're proud of this. This is something that requires work. It is, it is difficult. It is laborious. The editing process, it kind of sucks because, Hey, I've just recorded this episode and you know, it's, it's about two hour chunk of our day um, because there's half hour before a little talk afterwards, about two hour chunk just for recording. And then I'm going to spend at least minimum two hours to edit it because I have to listen to the whole thing Make sure, you know, if there's any really obnoxious noises, I got to cut those out. I got to take notes so that I can put the show notes down. Then I want to put this up. You know, usually it's about dinner time by the time I'm done with this whole thing. And that is not a complaint. I look forward to Wednesdays, despite all of that work, or maybe because of all that work. You know, work is not an awful thing. Um, Having to work hard at something is not a bad thing. And that's another mindset that people... If I can inspire you to do one thing, to use the word, get out of that mindset of work being something you have to do, something that sucks, Uh, especially when it's something for something you love. That's a privilege. It is a privilege that I can do all of these things, that my Wednesdays can be dedicated to this, that I've found a way in my life to have a, a Wednesday dedicated to creativity where I can talk to my friend. I can produce something that I'm proud of and I can share it with the world. That's the mindset that I live in on Wednesdays. And that, that goes back to this whole thing of choice, how you choose to look at your life, how you choose to look at the things you do, how you choose to look at the effort that things require will define you. It will define everything. And it's, 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 it's so easy to give up. And if there's anything that, that I can, I, I want people to take from this episode, it's that at every single point in the process in which you're doing something, you have the choice to give up. Um, you have the choice to, 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 to throw in the towel and say, I've had enough. And this is, this, I can, I can go this far and no further. And, you know, in almost every, in almost every medium, um, you know, I talk to athletes, like I, I you know, I'm running, um, the, the, the golf thing. And I talk to successful golfers all the time. And the one thing that, that I find that's, that's a continuous through line between all of these things, whether it's an athlete or, or an artist or a business person is the moment in which you reach the wall is the moment you have to push harder. Um, and all of the successful guys, like I, at some point I met, you know, Phil Levin from, uh, um, Evernote. From Evernote. And I also met uh, Jeremy Stoppelman from, from Yelp. And, it's funny um, how how similar their philosophies are, um, and I think this is a philosophy that transcends um, any artistic medium or any business medium. Is that you know, for the most successful people out there, the biggest thing is that moment in which you find you find a wall, you find the breaking point, and and you push through it. And there's an amazing there's an amazing there's an amazing um, energy that comes from that. The 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 ability to to see yourself as invincible just for a second. Um, and I think that that drives you to, to doing, to doing bigger and more difficult things because you, you progressively discover that literally nothing is impossible if you really, really push for it. And what's important going back to that 
idea of that wall right there too. That is such an important point because the wall. This is this is something that comes from uh, cognitive learning. What they what they understand about how the brain works. When you reach a quote unquote wall, when you reach the difficult point in learning something, that is actually the point at which you're learning. Uh, because you're foraging new neural pathways. Sure. So that, that resistance is not meant to buffet you back. That resistance is when you actually start working, is when you start learning, is when you start growing. Um, so when you hit resistance, you're meant to climb over that resistance. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. That's that choice thing. But the point of the resistance is because, you know, it's... Running uphill. Why do people run uphill? Because it builds muscle. Mm, interesting. So I, I mean, I guess in the, it, I wanted to save this quote for for another episode that we were going to do, but it, it, screw it. I'm just going to say it because it's <laughs> it, a, it, a a I love the quote because it fits what we're talking about, and b it just makes it so that I have to to do more reading, which is awesome. Um, but the quote is if it's if it's Nothing worth doing is ever easy. I don't remember who said it. I don't know where it came from, but it is one that is probably going to end up being tattooed on me at some point just because I think it's such an amazing quote. You know, I think of all the easy things in my life. I think about all the, the, the you know, to pick up a comic book or to, to which is cool in, its, in itself, but it, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really drive me to do much more, um, you know, to pick up my phone and play a game on my phone or something like that. I mean, it's all of those things are easy, but the difficult things, you know, trying to trying to figure out how to hit a 20 foot putt or trying to figure out how to light this small object in order for me to photograph it or how to write a podcast that I feel can be useful to people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all, all of these things are, are are so difficult, but every single time I do one of them, I learn so much, not just about myself, um, but about how I affect other people. You know, that's that's one of the amazing things that I've learned actually from doing our podcast is that I've 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 started to hone my ability to communicate ideas and 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 processes with other people in such a way that they can grasp it. Um, you know, in such a way that they can take it away with them and, and find it useful for something, um, not just the thing itself, but for something else that 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 might um, be be difficult for them. So I I it's it's it's. The quote itself, um, you know, the, the quotes that we've thrown out in the quote itself, which is, you know, nothing worth doing is ever easy, um, very much defines that for all of the choices that I try to make these days. You know, always make the harder choice. Always take on the thing that you feel like you can't do and always try to do the impossible because you'd be surprised at how often you can actually do what you think is impossible. What I'm, I guess I'm going to follow suit on you right here and throw out some other quotes too because <laughs> – that. You have to when when it fits the subject. It fits the subject. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you can't you can't save stuff, man. You gotta go for it. <laughs> um, there's a there's a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk in his uh, Ask Gary V book, and he says, uh, "Does it all sound like a lot of work? It is. How people react to the prospect of so much work is really what differentiates people, what differentiates between those who build successful small businesses and those who eventually give up and go work for someone else." So sure. there's a, a more practical opinion on it and less artistic um, perspective, though I think it's still apropos. And then uh, ironically, considering something you and I were talking about recently, uh, the second one is from Cheryl Strayed. Um, 
from her book, Tiny Beautiful Things. I know it's not easy being an artist. I know the gulf between creation and commerce is so tremendously wide that it's sometimes impossible not to feel annihilated by it. A lot of artists give up because it's just too damn hard to go on making art in a culture that by and large does not support artists. But the people who don't give up are the people who find a way to believe in abundance rather than scarcity. That, That's an amazing quote. <laughs> I love that woman. I, I'm just going to tell people. Eventually, we're going to do an episode on her, and it's probably going to be after our Bjork one. She's just an incredible human. Um, that might be even a better way of saying what we've been talking about with this choice. Is sure. It's that perspective, right? Abundance, scarcity. There's not enough. There's not enough time. That's 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 the scarcity that most people um, are living in when it comes to creation, right? There's not sure. enough time. Yeah. What if there's more time than you need? What if you What if you learn to see things differently? Um, and that's hard. That's very difficult because at first it feels like you're lying to yourself. Sure. And maybe well, you are. I mean, I, I struggle with that too, right? Like, I mean, if I think about my life as it is now with the job that I have and with the commute that I have, there's no way I should be doing a podcast with you. There just shouldn't be. Um, you know, and I guess it, it also comes down to, it comes down to a quote that, another quote that I heard a while back. <laughs> We're just going to throw quotes out pretty, pretty much every five minutes. <laughs> um, which is, if it's if it's important enough to you, you'll find time. Right. And I think that, that that's, that's, you know, and a lot of people have fought me on that. You know, I... I, I and I, I, I have a feeling that when I first heard it, I also fought the idea of it as well, which is, you know, that's not true. Time is finite. You know, the amount of time that you have to do anything on a given day is finite. You have 24 hours. Um, but I feel like in, in my older age, I realized that it's not about time. It's about effort, energy, and prioritization more than it is time. And I feel like, you know, like with this podcast, for example, with certain aspects of it, I've gotten better and faster at doing things. Um, you know, with my golf game or with my photography or with my writing, it's also the same thing. You know, I've gotten better at doing things. So they take less time because I put in more effort. Um, and I feel like that's there. The, the, the equation has to be modified for people who think of it just as a time thing. You know, it's not just a time thing. It's an effort, an energy and an education thing, too, as well. Yeah, that's super important right there. What you just said, all of that. Um I think people need to digest that there's, I mean, there's, I don't remember what it was. I just literally watched something or listened to something the other day and somebody was saying, uh, Oh, you, you don't have time to whatever it was. You don't have time to do that. But you just told me about how great that last episode of game of Thrones was. Is it, is sure. is, is that your priority? Going back to one of your things is apparently if you can find time to watch, Game of Thrones, then Game of Thrones is more important than, we'll say, writing a short story. So, yeah, which, 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 by the way, is perfectly fine. You just have to admit that to yourself. <laughs> totally, yeah. Nobody says anything right or wrong. Absolutely not. But those are choices that you're making. And all we're trying to do right now, I think, um, is to point out to you that you're making choices. Sure. That you've made choices. And sometimes you've made choices without knowing it, and they might not be choices that you're willing to live with. So look at the choices you've made, and if you need to change the choices, that's that's within your power. You just have to 
acknowledge what choices you're living. What what are the rules that you've created in your life and that you're living by? What are the rules? Are those rules you want to play by? Those are important questions. And I guess for, for, for me, you know, even with the Fyodor Dostoevsky quote and going into this podcast, I think, or into this episode, um, I think the biggest thing for me was to make sure, the one takeaway I wanted people to, to have from this episode was that I wanted people to be aware of the choice, um, that I wanted people to be aware of the fact that it doesn't matter what your life looks like. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, a crippling job, um, you know, a relationship that you may or may not be happy with, um, children that you have to take care of. I mean, sure, all of these things are very important, um, and they're all very important to most of the people that are probably listening to this, but it's all about choice. It's all about choosing. If you have to be up at two o'clock in the morning to write an episode for this podcast for your podcast or or paint at at, at during your lunch hour and, and eat while you're painting, whatever it is that you you care enough about, once you do it, um, I I think I think that the, the, the awareness of the choice isn't just the choice itself. Um, but like with my golf stuff for example, it's continually making the choice until it's no longer a choice. And I think that, you know, it goes back to things that you and I talk about all the time, which is creative habits or, or, or positive working habits. Um, you do something until you don't have to think about doing it anymore. And I think that that's a very important thing for people to take, um, you know, from, from something like from, from the quotes that we gave, like, especially the Dostoevsky quote, um, the, the, the hard, the, the, the difficult thing about choosing, uh, a path that isn't common or normal is that you you will not have the same set of choices as most other people. But that doesn't mean that you don't have a choice that you have to continually make in order to make sure you don't divert from that path. And the one thing that you get that most people don't get to is a damn good story. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, nobody wants to hear about the guy who had the guy or the woman who had all the time in the world that had all the money in the world and in their leisure they wrote a novel who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> you know what story people want to hear they want to be hear about the woman who has two children that she's raising by herself that is working two and a half jobs because she has to make all of the bills and she has to take care of the children and she has to pay for their medical bills. And she didn't even get to graduate college. She had to drop out. And then somehow amongst all of that, she was able to find the time. It took her four years, but she wrote a novel. That's what people want to hear. They want to hear the obstacles that people overcome. Why? Because of everything we're talking about right now. That's really why those things, we want to hear those things because they inspire us. Going back to the meaning of this whole thing, right? They inspire us because we look and we go, it is possible. It's not going to, sure. it's not going to make us act, but it clarifies a point that something is possible when we see that. When we see somebody like Frida Kahlo, who despite all of the pain in her life in so many ways, Left us, left us with so many beautiful paintings. Or somebody like Beethoven, who was deaf at the end of his life and still able to write music that makes our souls sing. Those are the stories. Those are your privilege. And without the difficulty and without the hard 
obstacles, without the resistance, without those walls, those stories don't exist. And that is your privilege, your and privilege. I feel, and, I, and I feel like it's, it's, it makes for better art too. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, I don't think that, that, you know, we talked about this in a previous episode. I don't, I don't think that pain creates art. I think pain, I think art transcends pain. Um, and you know, the thing that you said about Kurt Cobain, that was, that was his, his way of, of, of fighting against the tide of his pain. Uh, you know, look, if you look at a guy like Fyodor Dostoevsky, um, for example, he was a manic depressive and an alcoholic, but he wrote some of the most beautiful books in Russian literature. Um, he was, you know, and I, I think that, that you're right, that, that, that story, that, that, that life that he lived that was so difficult and, 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 and terrifying and grueling. And in most other, um, you know, if you, if you put most other people in his position, he probably couldn't have done the same. And I mean, going back to another one of our previous subjects, Isaac Asimov wrote, what, what did we decide? It was like 500 books. Oh, something <laughs> grotesque. There's, there's, <laughs> do you guys think that that was easy? Think about how much time. I mean, he released, it was like five to ten books a year. Shocking. Can really just like digest that for a second. Five to ten books every year for, I mean, the bulk of his life. Uh, that was work. That was not easy. He didn't even have the difficult, his, he didn't, uh, I, he didn't have Frida Kahlo's pain. He didn't have those those kind of obstacles. His obstacle was the one we're talking about right now, time. So do you think that Isaac Asimov spent a lot of time watching television? I have a feeling he probably never watched television at all. He just prioritized, I'm going to sure. read. I mean, and he had to read excessively to do the stuff he was writing about. It wasn't just fiction that he was writing he was writing a considerable amount if not 80 percent of what he wrote was nonfiction, which requires yeah. research and reading and unbelievable amounts of contemplation and and not only that but um the thing that i i took from that which is a ruthless dedication to his craft um and his subject matter um and i think that the 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 you know, it's funny how inspiring our episodes are to, to my own personal life. You know, I, I realize that if I want to get better at certain things, like with, with the golf stuff, for example, I have, I just have to be ruthlessly dedicated. There's just no other answer. You know, there's, there's, there's literally no other way to achieve what it is that we want to achieve unless we have almost a narrow minded, singular obsession with that thing for however long it takes. Like I remember your conversations about, about Charlie, um, the novel, um, and how how you would send me messages every couple of hours um, with revelations that you had. I mean, I, and, and I sat back and I thought about that once. Um, and it, it meant that you literally were thinking about Charlie every hour of every day for a period of time. And I thought that that was really cool. I, I thought that that was amazing. Like it, it, it very much uh, runs along the same lines of what we're talking about, which is, you know, you, you have to maintain that, that focus and that ruthless dedication in order to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And I think one thing that I've been really focused on recently is um, this idea of working in themes. Um, what I mean by that is, okay, so you have, you have to work at your job, right? Yeah. When you're there, 
it's probably better if you're not thinking about this podcast or you're not thinking about um, a story that you want to write. It's better if you focus on what you're doing and, and do the best possible job you can at your job. But when you're working on the novel or, or when you're working on a short story, I mean, or you're working on your podcast, it's probably best if you're not thinking about work. Right. Sure. These, yeah, these, sure. these are logical things. Like I said, I shouldn't be thinking about bills while I'm doing this podcast. These are pretty logical things, but I think I just put this together in a way where it's, I realized recently two things. The one thing I realized is if I'm going to make progress on my goals, I need to be able at the end of the day, be accountable to myself in the sense that when I sit down at the end of the day, I can ask myself, what did I do today that made progress? on one of my goals and make sure that every day I'm doing at least one thing that's forward momentum, even if it's a small thing. This is kind of stuff that I've, I've um, stolen from David Allen and getting things done. Um, it's his next action thing. Always make sure you have a next action, right? Well, make sure you're always completing something towards the goal every day. But then I started realizing how difficult that that was still because it's everything was still so scattered. So I actually wrote down every day of the week and I said, this day is this theme. So this is what I'm thinking about. As long as I get something done for this on this day. So on Mondays, for example, I'll share, I'll share with you guys on Mondays. My theme is my personal podcast. What I want to talk about. I write that episode that day. I record it and I post it that day. Anything else that gets done that day is extra, but that's my focus. That's my forward momentum. Tuesdays, I'm going to start doing my vlogs on Tuesday. I did it yesterday. I'm going to try to stick to weekly because there's people there that still like to watch those things. And I, I like those people. I want to communicate with them. Wednesdays is this show. I make sure that this show is done on Wednesdays. Thursdays, the novel. Fridays, I do art. I like to draw or I paint. I do something like that. Saturdays I have set up as a buffer, you know, because maybe something comes up on Thursday and I can't do the novel. Well, I can do it on Saturday. So I have that buffer day. And then Sundays is the day when I organize everything. Now, the, the reason that this that I'm going through all these details is I, it doesn't mean that I'm not doing things for the other things on the days that they're not themed, right? I'm actually writing a scene for the novel every day. But it's not my focus. If I miss writing that scene for that day, I haven't failed because it wasn't my job to do it on Monday. And that allows me to focus in a way that does exactly what you're talking about. You know, you're talking about with golf, you have to be ruthless. You have to keep doing things until it's no longer a choice. Well, when I create this schedule and I can tell myself, Monday, I'm, I'm doing this. It's Monday. This is what I'm doing. I get myself into that mode to where that's what's on my mind. And I know that I can get that done. And that that's training. That's the kind of work that this requires. At least for me, everybody's going to need something different. But this kind of stuff, this is so much more important than inspiration. Just to set up a training regimen for yourself. You know what I mean? Whatever's going to work for you. You set up a, a regimen for yourself. And, and you work and you have grit and you have follow through and you don't give up. 
inspiration, things like this, listening to this episode, this is to make you feel good about what you're doing. This is to encourage you to keep going, you know, like patting you on the back. We can't run up the hill for you. You have to do the running. You have to dedicate that time every day to that. Those those are the things you have to do. And there's not a, a damn thing that anybody in the world can do to take that out of your hands. But what we can do is give you better tools to do it. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, your your idea of themes is really, really cool. Um, I have the micro version of that for myself as well. Um, and by the way, I find this to be incredibly effective. So for anyone who's who's looking to take on an, an endeavor that is unnatural to their current life, this is very, very important. And it might just be important in general for um, your relationships, your friendships, or whatever it is, which is the ability to create a point of separation. Um, and I do this with almost everything that, that um, like, for example, my work can be very frustrating. It can be very grueling. Um, and so when I go into a creative endeavor, I don't want to take that energy with me. So I forcibly create a space for myself that allows me to separate from that environment. Um, lately, for example, it's been, um, you know, listening to a certain song or, or going to a certain place. Like after work, I'll go and I'll sit at a park for 10 minutes, um, you know, or after after I'm doing uh, some other task, I, I will forcibly remove myself, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally from uh, whatever environment that that I have a certain energy in, in order to reset myself, in order to be able to have the right mindset to go into the other activity. It's really, really critical that you do that. Otherwise, you just take it with you. Yeah, that bleed is, it's a dangerous thing, having uh, worry, I would call it worry bleed. You know, you let the worries of one thing bleed into another. That's a, that's a big, that I like that, that point of separation. Um. And it's not just effective for, for creative endeavors, by the way. It's also really useful for relationships. <laughs> you you will find that when you do that um, and you take stock of, of how you've been towards your significant other, you'll find that you take out stuff on people you care about much more often than you realize. That goes back to that whole choice of what mood you're in, right? Why, yep. do, why, do, we, why do we take out things on other people? It's because it reinforces the mood that we're really choosing to be in. Yeah, it validates your misery, basically. Yeah, if you're mad and you you fight with somebody else, what you're doing is just I want to stay mad. So if I can if I can piss this person off, then that will feed my madness, um, sure. which is madness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so let's let's go into a little of the microcosm out of out of this area for the the last part of this episode. So I just I think that it's it's good to share with you guys some of the things that. Um, maybe are inspiring us right now um, because maybe you guys will dig them. Um, Lamb, what uh, kind of stuff do you have for huh. this? Got anything? Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I got quite a bit. I, I dove back into some um, old industrial um, music that is, and not just old industrial things. Old, old um, industrial I, buildings? Yeah, old industrial buildings, which, by the way, are very, very cool. Um, I have a book called The Art of Decay, uh, which is one of the coolest books I've ever owned in my life. Um, it basically shows a lot of really beautifully photographed, abandoned, dilapidated areas, like certain parts of Chernobyl and, and things like that, which is amazing. But that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, what I am talking about, though, is I've, I've dived back into old KMFDM um, and craft work. Actually, craft work is amazing. Um, so for some odd reason, my, my, my mind really wants rhythm right now. 
Um, and it kind of started with reverse engineering my love for Trent Reznor. So I started with uh, the uh, girl with the dragon tattoo and the stuff that he'd done with Atticus Ross and then just basically backtracked it all the way back to Pretty Hate Machine um, and pretty much some of the stuff before that. And then I started to think about um, you know, what it was that, that, that inspired Trent Reznor to produce electronic music in the way that he did. And that's where it led me. So these days, um, I, I find myself asking the question why a lot, like, why do I like certain things? Like, why do I have such an obsession with strong female vocalists? For example, I have, I have a, a very strong desire to hear like a, 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 you know, which is part of the reason why, um, Bjork is such an exciting subject for our next artist profile for me. Um, so the, the question why has been preoccupying my mind lately. KMFDM doing it again. Treat for yep. the freaks. Yep. <clears throat> I listened to a lot of KMFDM back in the day. <laughs> and I, I, guarantee, I I'm not, I'm not surprised by that at all. I guarantee you that there's a lot of people listening to this. that have never heard them and it's going to be a trip. If you go check it out again, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of, Oh man, so much differentiation in there's a very narrow sound of what they're doing yet amongst their albums. There's so much differentiation. I haven't listened to that stuff in forever. Yeah. 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 I had, I li it's literally been at least a decade since I, I, purposefully listened to KMFDM. I mean, I've randomly heard it here and there, but I didn't, I didn't dive back into it for a very long time. And yeah, I mean, it's, you listen to it with, when you listen to something with purpose, you listen to it very differently and you listen to, you listen for a lot more detail. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting to hear how broad that spectrum is in a very tight space. And there's so much, um, so much political stuff in their, in their lyrics as well. I mean, at the time, I feel like there was a period of time where the industrial, <clears throat> excuse me, where industrial music was making statements um, that nobody else was making in music at all. Sure. Um, a lot of anarchist ideas and stuff like that. It's not necessarily things that um, I would say I agree with because I don't really remember what they're saying. So I don't want to say yes or no right now. <laughs> but I just remember at the, at the age that I was listening to it, it was um, eye-opening. What about you? What's kicking around in your brain these days? Uh, well, ironically, the I guess I should stop saying ironically because usually I use it wrong. Coincidentally, um, you said the thing about Atticus Ross and soundtracks and stuff like that. I, I found that I've reached the point with the writing where I cannot write to music with lyrics anymore. It's, uh. it's just too distracting. It, uh, I can't, my brain cannot juggle the two things at the same time anymore. Um, using my language, the language center of my brain, um, dually is just, I'm, I'm burning it out. So I've, I've been trying to find instrumental music. And at first I thought, you know, like maybe I'll go through and find just instrumental songs from albums that I like. And then I was reading something with, one of our previous subjects, Neil Gaiman, and he talked about how there's like three or four albums um, of three or four soundtracks from movies that he likes to listen to when he reads. Um, I think it was the the butcher, his wife. It's the a lot of the um, can't remember the guy's name. Is it Greenway, the director? Anyways, uh, certain certain director uh, soundtracks from his films. I didn't find those, but what I did is I started going through 
and making a playlist. I would listen to a soundtrack and just throw stuff on there. And then, you know, sometimes these soundtracks, they have talking in them from the movie. So as I'm going through, pulling pulling those songs out. Or some are too quiet um, because it's like a mood piece for the movie. It doesn't really work to write to um, because usually I'm writing in a coffee shop. And if it's too quiet, it doesn't block out people. Um, so pulling those out. And the soundtracks, of course, first place I went was the Inception soundtrack. Oh, uh, nice. Zimmer, Zimmer's amazing. Zim, Zimmer or Zimner? Zim, Zimmerman? Zim, 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 Zim. Um, I actually think it's Zimmerman. Hans, I'm going to look it up just so that we don't sound Hans Zimmer. <clears throat> Hans Zimmer, okay, got it. Hans Zimmer. Zimmerman was uh, Bob Dylan. Oh, that's right. <laughs> We're just throwing they're out all to, of they're, our... They're start, yeah, they're starting to bleed together here, Chad. That's good. That's what... We're creating a stew here. <laughs> By uh, the way, I, I don't know if you've listened to it recently, but just to throw it into your soundtrack uh, stew, uh, please go back and listen to some Marconi stuff. Um, check out the, the good, oh, the bad, yeah. and the other soundtrack. It's amazing. Ennio <laughs> Marconi is like the god of all soundtracks. Ugh, so good. Um... Yeah, so I have Inception soundtrack in there. I have the Interstellar soundtrack, which is Hans Zimmer as well. Um, I'm not going to remember the names of the other people to do these other soundtracks, so you guys will just have to look it up yourself if you want. But, um, oh, the Tron Legacy one, that was Daft Punk, which is more orchestral, which is why it works. Um, It's less electronic. Sure. There's one that I'm forgetting, but two that I found that, I think all of those are kind of obvious, right? Those are kind of, okay. But the two that I found that surprisingly work really well for me is there was a movie called Moon. Oh, yeah. Great movie. The soundtrack for that is amazing. Um, By the way, it's an amazing it's an amazing movie, too. <laughs> it is a great movie. That's, um, what's the guy's name, the actor? I always forget his name. Oh, uh, what is his name? The guy from Matchstick Men. Yeah, uh. And he was, he was Wild Bill in The Green Mile. Oh, that's going to bother me because I really like him. Yeah, I'm just going to name every movie he was <laughs> Yeah, he, was also, he also played, um, um, I remember the character names. He played uh, opposite Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. Um, yeah, he was, um, oh, dude, what's his name? Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam. Sam Rockwell. There we go. Sorry, Sam. This episode of the podcast is presented by I Forgot. <laughs> and uh like the disclaimer like we do on every episode this is not an informational podcast yeah at a certain point that might become <laughs> the plug line for the show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and the other soundtrack district nine soundtrack oh yeah that one's really good too it's such a trip though because it's got some uh i don't know i'm just gonna say uh some sort of ethnic sampling of some sort. It's from, I don't want to assume that it's South African music um, because I don't know anything about that, but it's, it's got a lot of like vocal sampling and stuff like that. It's, it's a very different feel, but it's so good to write to. So that's, that's, I, I guess those aren't, I wouldn't say necessarily inspirations, but they are definitely grease for the wheels of writing that listening to stuff like that helps a lot. I feel like the soundtrack of our lives is actually very important to getting us in certain mindsets. Like, for example, in those moments when I reset from one environment to another, um, I always I always find myself gravitating towards 
um, simple but beautiful melodic piano. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Debussy lately. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, I find you know just like any other set of tools um, that you use in your life, you know, like you want to have the perfect screwdriver to achieve something, or uh, you want to have the perfect um, device to to do a certain task. Um, you also need the right tools and resources to to reset your brain as well. It's all about that trickery, right? Convincing ourselves, uh, you know, because we have to fool ourselves until we, like what you said, until it becomes not a choice anymore. We have to trick sure. and conjole and manipulate ourselves to get what we want. Um, that's why, you know, like I said earlier, certain things, it's going to feel like a lie. Um, because until you believe it, it is a lie. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's the way choices are. Uh, and it's and that's totally okay, by the way. <laughs> you know that the term "fake it till you make it" exists for a reason. It's because every every single thing we do in life, um, in which we want to achieve something or we want to master something, is is tricking yourself into thinking it before you've done it. Yeah, I just I was listening to something the other day, and maybe even a better word than choice that we've been using, we should have been using the word decide, um, because decide it comes from the same root as incision. Um, because a decision is a cutting. You're cutting off the option to the other thing. You're, you're making a choice. This is why decisions are painful, because you're always cutting something off. Um, and I think that, especially for writers, um, that decision is when you start putting things on paper is when you're making decisions. And that's always so difficult for a writer because it's easier to keep an idea. This applies to everybody. It's easier to keep an idea inside your head uh, because as long as it stays in your head, it's amorphous. It doesn't have shape. Um, it can be manipulated. It can be changed. Um, it can flow one way or another like liquid. Uh, so it, it always feels perfect because it can always be reshaped a little bit. But once you put it on paper, it has a shape that can't be uh, altered instantaneously. It requires work to change. Um, sure. And you start facing limitations. You start understanding what you're actually dealing with. And that decision, it's a difficult one. Um, so when, when creating, it's important to understand that you're, you're making a choice by creating. You know, you're choosing not to make that other thing. You're choosing to make this thing. Um, you're choosing not to do it that way. You're choosing to do it this way. Choices can be changed, but as we said, it's difficult. But I think that, that you, you make the, the, the more obvious point, which is, um, what, whatever decision you make, just make a decision, <laughs> you know, because I think two people are too terrified to even take that step to, 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 to be aware of the choice, to be aware of the decision that they have in front of them and to be aware of the fact that that decision confronts them every single day. Um, sometimes multiple times a day, you know, you can always decide to be too tired. You can always decide to have too much to do or not have enough time or, Whatever it may be, but 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 you in those moments are are the critical moments in which you have to decide that whatever difficult thing you have to push through to do the thing that you want to do is worth doing. And if it, those are all even not doing those things, like you said, those are decisions. You going back to what we said before, just be aware of the decisions you're making, and be, if, as long as you're cool with them, roll with it, man. It's your life. Um, but be aware that you're making decisions. And, and and sometimes those decisions are really tough too, by the way. Like I know 
with my my current situation now, like I I have a finite amount of time for for what I need to do and the things that are important to me. Um, one of the things that that I don't have enough time for is is cultivating uh, relationships with my friends. You know, I don't get to see my friends nearly enough. But as difficult as the, as that choice is for me right now, it's the right choice, and I still struggle with that choice. You know, there's still plenty of people who I, I miss dearly and who who I'd love to see more often, but I just can't. I, I can't do that right now, and and I feel like 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 what we don't stress enough um, in these episodes and in this particular episode is that sometimes these decisions are very very difficult, and sometimes they will cost you something. Um, in almost all cases, they cost you something, and I feel like the the thing that you just said is very important, which is you have to be aware of what they're going to cost you. You have to be aware of what what price you will pay. And how worth it will it will be in in a lot of ways it makes it so that you know with me for example with the choices that I make with the decisions that I come to concerning these things I realize how important they are because I realize how much I'm sacrificing to do them exactly I mean you and I both um, before we started doing this podcast we were going out uh, every night almost every night social all social um, and at a certain point. That had to be sacrificed. That had to be. And, and since I've sacrificed that social aspect of my life, which, like you said, did cost something. I never get to see certain people. But now I have two podcasts that I'm proud of. I've I've done vlogging. I'm technically still doing vlogging. I create art. Um, I'm writing a novel and actually making progress on it instead of just talking about it. All of those things are... You know, when, when, when we talk about a cost, you have to think about, uh, we think about cost as this idea of sacrifice, but it's, you're thinking about it negatively again, cost. When I go to Starbucks and I want a mocha, that's going to cost me $3 and 70 cents or $3 and 80 cents or $4 and 50 cents. Sure. And I give that money. Why do I give that money? Because I want that and it is worth that to me. Some people's not. So they don't go to Starbucks. They make coffee at home or whatever. That's their cost evaluation, right? So when you look at these things and you go, I, I, I've, I've created all of these things in my life. I'm able to do those things. But it costs me having all of this social time. I'm okay with that. Do you remember that period in our lives when we were literally going out every single night? I mean, it's 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 a wonder we didn't do anything. <laughs> there was no time, literally. It's mind-boggling how often. Like it was, it was like a three, four night a week thing, man. It's crazy. Uh, for me, it was pretty much every night. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not counting the porch sessions, even. Oh yeah, because that then literally becomes every day. So these, once again, these are. Cost evaluations of your life, choices, decisions that you you need you need to make, and sometimes they're not as um, obvious as that. Sometimes they're very simple things. Sometimes they are realizing that you need fifteen minutes to do this creative thing every day. Maybe it's a half hour. We'll say it's a half hour. You need a half hour every day. That might mean you you have to sacrifice that episode of Friends that makes you feel good that you watch every day. You might have to sacrifice that. You—that's the cost. 
Are you willing to pay it? If you're not willing to pay it and you do it, then it is a sacrifice. And eventually you, you will be unhappy because you've done something um, that doesn't align with your values. But if it's a cost and you're willing to pay it, then it will work because you were, you've made that decision willfully. Um, sometimes you need more time and it's, it's difficult to negotiate these certain things. Um, and they're not always obvious. You know, maybe you can't decide whether it's more important to write that novel or to sleep one hour less every day. That's a pretty tough choice because, well, they, they're tied together. If you don't get enough sleep, you're probably not writing very well. Um, so, no, like going back to the whole point of this thing, none of this is easy, guys. None of it. And nobody's going to come with a magic potion or a magic formula or a step-by-step -step guide. It's just not going to happen. These are choices that we have to make. And this is life. This is who we are. This is how we live. And that's how we get the stories of our lives is by the choices we make. Everything we do every day is the story of our life. You know, do you want whatever you're doing right now to be on your headstone? Because that's what will be there if that's the choice you're making. If you're cool with it, good for you. Because a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us aren't. <laughs> And and to be and to echo your point in in a in in a more straightforward manner too. Sometimes the choices are actually profound but remarkably simple. Um, you know, for example, I I and I know this sounds really stupid, but it's it's become such an important thing in my life. Is at the end of every single night, and this is this is every single day of my life, right before I go to sleep, for twenty to thirty minutes, I'm as silly as I can be. I just let that part of my brain go. Um, does that mean I'll dance around in my underwear? Maybe. Um, does that mean I'll try to shove um, an entire Twinkie into my mouth? Sure. Um, you know, Video, does that videos of these things coming soon, right? Yeah, sooner or later. <laughs> does that mean I'm going to pretend to to put a, a blanket over my head and be Batman for 20 minutes and talk like Batman? Yeah, sure, it might. And just because Chad and I are, are talking about this, this in a way that sounds almost morose in a way doesn't mean that the choices themselves have to be. Um, in a lot of cases, being allowing yourself to have that childish nature um, and, and to let your brain think freely, you know, it goes back to the Neil Gaiman episode, um, allowing yourself the freedom to, to let that part of your brain go can also be just as, as rewarding and inspiring and, and motivating as well. So don't just think that these choices all have to be hard. Um, don't think that the actions that are taken from all of these choices have to be difficult. Um, in some cases, it's just preparing you for the difficult choices um, that, that, that you have to make that, that is really important. Yeah, d difficulty should not be a bad thing. You know, this is going back to mindset. Rock the choices you make. Feel good yeah. about them. That You should be excited that you have the privilege to make choices and the knowledge to make the choices about your life. And choices can be fun because when you're doing things that you want, that you truly want, that's fun. That feels yeah. good. You know, like if you if, if sleep is not important to you, uh, not as important to you as writing, and you go and you write every morning, you know how you're going to feel? Yeah, you're going to feel tired, but you're going to feel amazing because – you're doing the thing that's more important to you. And it, it's not the same path for everyone because our importance levels and our, our values are completely different. That's what makes us all awesome because we all complement each other. 
You know, I think about I think about the Carloses in our life, right? I think about Carlos Letelier and Carlos Agrillo. Um, you know, I think about about Carlos Atelier and how hard he works at, at Limon and, and all the things that he tries to do to become a better person and a business owner. And I look at how excited he is every day. You know, I look at, at, at how jazzed he is that he's doing what he loves for a living, despite the fact that it's, you know, 60, 70 hours a week of his life. And in some cases, seven days a week, and he's traveling all across the country to, to, to improve it. You know, I look at a guy like Carlos Aguillo, for example, and to 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 finish his 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 um paintings for his art show he had to be up till four in the morning uh painting in a sand or a painting in a, a paint booth that's you know locked in the middle of an industrial area um with with terrifying neighbors and and scary cops flying around. i mean it's 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 unbelievable how 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 easy things become when you love them and i think that that's that's a good lesson to take from all of this too is that you know just because they're difficult and just because they're they're scary doesn't mean that they'll stay that way yeah as as uh I've been reminded recently, happiness doesn't come from accomplishment. Happy Happiness comes from progress, feeling that you're making progress on things that are important to you. Sure. And that's definitely, I mean, like I said, it's individual. So whether it is dancing around in a Batman cape <laughs> <that's> <laughs> or uh, creating creating a, a an online business. If it's if it's what's important to you, it's what you value, and you're doing it. That's fun. That's gonna feel good, and that's gonna make you happy. And more than anything, that's the whole point of all of this. Not just this episode. Not just this topic. Not even just this show. That's the whole point of life. Is to live by the values of what is important to you, and to feel good about that. Man, I feel like that's going to be a, a subject for a future episode that's really, really important, which is how to determine what's important to you. <laughs> and I, I, I say that because, you know, for, for me, for a good portion of my life, what I thought was important to me wasn't. It was it was what was important to other people that I then took on as what I, I thought would be important to me. Um, and not until I came to a certain point of life and wisdom did I realize that none of that stuff mattered at all to me. It's so so much introspection and sometimes age. Sometimes sure. for me, it, it, it took years, um, and that's just because uh, I had nothing. None of the windows of the house were open for something to come in. Right. So sure. that, that's the, going back to that whole thing that we've been reiterating this episode. Is that is the choice of the mindset that I chose? I, these are the beliefs I have, and then I close the door, and we all do that. Um, at some point we decide something and we close the doors. Um, this is the way it is. And if you don't at least leave one window open for something else to drift in, you'll never know <laughs> what's right because you have nothing to compare it with. I feel like that should be in, in a roundabout kind of way, the, the title for your personal podcast, um, you know, the memoirs of a habitual door closer. Um, and the reason why is because I feel like one of the, the amazing things I love about your, your personal podcast, which, by the way, if anyone hasn't heard it, please go, go, go check it out. Um, it's probably the most honest podcast I've ever heard. Um, and a lot of it is about, the, you know, the first episode, for example, is about realizing that you like podcasting and you hate reading online. So why the heck would you do it and why you failed horribly at at becoming a blogger because it just wasn't natural to you. <laughs> 
you know? And I, I think that that's, that's such an amazing lesson. Like it echoes everything that we're talking about in this, this podcast, but in a format that I think is much more personal, um, that gives you the, the, the path of one particular artist who found a way to, to escape the shackles of, of closed doors, you know, to finally realize that, that the, the one door that you needed to walk through has been in front of you for a while. And you just finally realized it was there. Takes time, right? That's the gift that we're all given is that sure. eventually that we can figure that out. Um, well, we're coming to about time. So lamb just plugged my podcast for me, which is called what I want to talk about. Go check it out. You can find me on if you, if you really want on Twitter and Instagram at the real chat hall and lamb has a podcast, which will, what, when are we going to put that up? Uh, I am finally done recording it. Most of the stuff is done for it. Um, it should be out tomorrow at the latest. Okay. So keep an eye out for no bad pars. Um, subscribe to both of our podcasts. If you're listening to this show for the first time, hit subscribe. You can find Lamb on Instagram at The Vacant Room. Um, any other, anything else you want to plug for yourself? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Um, I, just because my uh, podcast is going to be golf doesn't mean it's going to mostly revolve around golf. It talks about a lot of the stuff. Um, I feel like Chad and I are talking about the same things in completely different mediums, and I think that's kind of a useful perspective um, to gain from from both. So, uh, yeah, definitely check out mine for the same reasons as well. It's my journey through trying to figure out um, how to leave arrogance behind and 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 learn how to learn properly again. So check out our podcasts and come back for this one. We're going to take a week off. Um, we're doing three times a month. This is episode number three. We're going to take a week off. And then in two weeks, we'll be back with our Bjork episode. And if you loved this episode or you love this show, please, please, please rate us on iTunes. I'll keep it brief. That's my goodbye. Lamb, you have anything? Yep, that's pretty much it. If it's not uh, difficult, it's not worth doing <laughs>